0: Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am your host, Melissa Oatman from MelissaOatman.com. If you are new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to remind everyone, if you like listening to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness and you wish that you could listen to it five days a week, well, now you can. You can join me over on Patreon, and every week I will be publishing two exclusive episodes not available to the general public, only available to those who join me on Patreon. And also, you can join me on the all-exclusive tier plan, where I will also be adding extra bonuses like guided meditations, EFT tappings, and card readings, plus There will be some behind-the-scenes action from recording the podcast as well. So don't wait. Join me over on Patreon. The link for joining will be in the show notes to the podcast. I hope that I see you all over there. I hope that I will have you joining me on Patreon. All right, now for today's episode. hey guys welcome to today's episode i am very excited to have with me a young entrepreneur and a creator of the app wavelength i have with us today miss sarah stites and she has created this amazing app for people who want to get healthier who want to lose weight and the really amazing thing about this app is that it is based on scientific things so it's not just like a fad crazed diet I have already been using it myself and have been very impressed. So I cannot wait to jump in and talk to her about how she created this app and how it can really help people live their best lives. So, welcome today, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Melissa. You're welcome. And welcome, guys, to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am your host, Melissa Oatman. So, before we start talking about this app, I really want people to get to know Sarah and who Sarah is and what led you to creating this app? Because you're talking about something that so many people struggle with in their daily lives. So just tell us a little bit about you.
1: Yeah. So I learned, like I think a lot of people, that my body was a problem, my weight was a problem. my eating was a problem really early on in my life. I was diagnosed with something called polycystic ovary syndrome when I was 12 years old. Uh, and then when I was 15, I was diagnosed with pre-diabetes and then between my 16th and 17th birthdays, I gained about 150 pounds. And I, I'm sure I don't have to tell you like what um, I' have a very different perspective on it now, but at the time, Um, you know, going through that as a teenage girl, the impact that it had on my sense of self-worth, my sense of who I was as a person and the quality of my character. I just like, it it was awful. Um, And I desperately wanted to get my eating under control and I desperately, desperately wanted to lose weight. And so I just, I did, I did it all. I did point systems. I did, oh my God, I did uh, I went through a period where I was doing public weigh-ins, which was horrible, um, you know, lemon juice and cayenne pepper, you name it. I did it culminating in having weight loss surgery when I was 19 years old. Wow. I lost, I lost about um, 80 pounds and I gained all of it back. And then some, because the fact of the matter was that the things that caused the weight gain in the first place were not resolved by weight loss surgery. This is a pretty common story, but that was like, just imagine, like imagine being that young woman who, whose parents have taken out a loan for an expensive surgery, um, who like that is allegedly the easy way out. And yet even that I couldn't make work for me. And so this like I had this just idea in my head that it, this was basically just happening because I suck. Right. Because like there's something I have a moral deficit that prevents me from having self-control or willpower around food. And I just felt, I just felt like a failure. It really just ate away at my soul. And My mom has a very similar story, but unlike me, she's got a PhD and a couple of master's degrees, one of which is in nutrition science. So while all of this was happening to me, she was getting to the point where her health was so poor. She couldn't walk around the block. She was looking at 50. She was really scared. She was going to die, like really die right then. (laughs) And, um, She started asking some questions though, like, all right, I am a woman with multiple advanced degrees. Literally one of them is in what to eat. I'm successful in my career. Like, is this really a self-discipline issue? Because if it is, it doesn't show up anywhere else in my life. What's going on here? Is this really happening because I suck? And she's just, my mom is a very, she's like a dog with a bone. She's a really, really, um, Tenacious person. And she started asking the question not what should we be eating for health, but why do we eat? Why do we find ourselves going back to the foods that we know aren't good for us, that make us feel bad over and over and over again against our better judgment? And what she discovered is that our eating choices are not about willpower, they're about biology, they're about cause and effect. And they have everything to do with how much sleep we got last night and our diet history and our genetics and the environment that we're living in and the stress that we're under and our history, our emotional histories and our traumas. And it has absolutely nothing to do with strength of character. And she started taking this like new approach that was really a behavior first approach. Um, and together, we kind of went on this journey and I lost about 150 pounds. She lost about 170 pounds. And this was more than 12 years ago now. And it wasn't about counting calories and eating the magic foods. It was about understanding the biological and psychological patterns that were driving our eating behaviors and changing them. And so when she worked as a weight loss coach in Kansas city, where I'm from for many years, and we both had this feeling that this was too special. Um, this this is this is scientifically important, uh, but it's also important because there are like literally millions of women out there who feel crappy in the same way that we felt crappy that who really feel like something is wrong with them, um, and it's just not true. And so we decided that it needed to be something that had a much wider reach than just my mom in Kansas City. And so together we made wavelength. And so my mom is a scientific advisor and and I'm the CEO and the app is, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure we'll get into it, but the app is just such a labor of love. It's every time, every decision we make about the app, we ask the question, like, what do we wish we had had? We wish we had had sound scientific advice. We wish we had had compassion. Um, And so that's really what guides every choice that we make as we grow this business and build this, this app.
0: I love it. And what I really, truly love is that, and I noticed this when I listened to the first couple of uh, episodes on the app, was you talk so much about, like, letting go of the shame of what you've been feeling regarding the eating habits, because it's not your fault. Like, we're kind of set up biologically sometimes to do the things that we do. And we have to Get out of this idea that we need to be ashamed of what we've done so far, and I think that that's where a lot of diets really fail people too. Because, well, first of all, because a diet is something that you just do temporarily, where this is actually changing your lifestyle, which is Mm -hmm. going to make the long-lasting changes. Which I know that you, you guys at home cannot see Sarah, but she's a beautiful woman. (laughs) Thank you. you. You know she takes care of herself and is healthy, which is a, you know, that's what this app is all about. It's not about making a temporary change where I'm going to lose five pounds. And it's about changing your mindset and changing your habits. And that's, what's going to make the real change. And what I love about that is starting with the getting rid of blaming yourself or feeling yeah. bad about yourself. That is so important. I think.
1: It's, it's so important. It's so important on an experiential level, right? Because like, Obviously, what I just said is true, that it's about biology. It's not about the quality of your character. But on a neurological level, the, the processes associated with shame, the things that happen in our brains, the parts of our brains that are activated, the neurotransmitters that get released, there's mounting evidence that shows that those neurological processes actually prevent our brain from creating new behavior. And you can see this play out in your own life. Um, so you decide to start a diet. You you make a huge list of changes. It's all going to be different tomorrow. I'm going to go to the gym every day and I'm never going to eat this and I'm only going to eat that. And, um, and then it goes off the rails because it always does. It always does. And that voice of shame comes in and w- Instead of being able to get curious about what's happening to you, you might, let's say you come home from work and you eat an entire half a pizza that's left over in the fridge, right? Um, Instead of getting curious and saying like, hey, okay, I didn't plan to eat that pizza. This is not getting me closer to my goals. Uh, I wonder what contributed to that happening and can I change it for the future? Instead you hear, well, why did I eat that pizza? Because I suck. It stifles curiosity. You can't get any more information, and so that's the experience of it. But what's happening in our brains is that our brains are sending all of our resources to being scared and upset and ashamed, and none of them to creating a new behavior. Um, and so, it's it's both nice from an emotional perspective, but critical from a biological one to set the shame aside. And I think that like the key to doing that people like to start with gratitude for their bodies. They like to start with affirmations, but when you're really ashamed, that stuff does not penetrate. Like I remember thinking like, Oh my, I don't know who this works for because I'd look in the mirror and I'd say like, you're worthy. And I'd be like, well, worthy. I don't even know what that means. I literally don't know what it means. It's so much easier to start with a baseline of just like you're normal This struggle that you're having is playing out in kitchens and bathrooms across the world. Most people are having this conversation with themselves. You're not extra bad. You're just regular bad. And once you kind of accept that you're just normal, that what's happening to you is very human. It's not some secret failing that you've got. Then that shame starts to subside. Then you can start to feel grateful, right? That stuff comes later. But just knowing that you're normal is the most powerful tool you have and eradicating
0: the shame yeah i love that i think it's so so important to do that and yet so many of us we are our own worst critics and we find it so hard to quiet that inner voice that says why did you do that again here we go again you know those things and somebody said that the other day like again 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 that word he used to hate that word because he would say here we go again. Why did I do this again? I'm doing the same thing again. you know. And I think it really, so many of us struggle with that. But if we can learn how to say, and it's, this is exact, exactly what the guest the other day said, to be happy with yourself as you are right now, failings, shortcomings and all, knowing that we all have them. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think like, it's so important to remember that self-acceptance is not approval. You don't have to say I'm good with how things are. I don't want anything to change, but you can just say, this is what's happening and it's normal. And I understand why it's happening and I'm, I'm okay. Um, and I think that holding that understanding next to, I wish things were different is actually where the power to change comes from. But so much about our wellness culture only lives in the, I wish things were different space. And we think like the thing that's so insidious about shame, right. Is that it doesn't even if it's mean, even if that voice, like, I mean, We've all had that experience of like looking in the mirror and it sounds so harsh to say, but like, oh my God, I've said the meanest stuff to myself in the mirror. You're disgusting. What's wrong with you? You're pathetic. Like who could ever find you attractive, right? Dark, dark stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you're ashamed, it doesn't sound mean, although of course it's horribly mean. It sounds true. And it sounds perceptive. Like thank God you really see yourself clearly, so that you don't un- misunderstand your place in the world. Um, and so it can be so hard, so so hard to get out from under that shame. Um, and and we just like it, it's it takes practice. It takes okay well, maybe it's true. Maybe I am pathetic, but I'm going to try something different right now. You don't have to argue with it. Just start stepping around it. And the more you step around it, the the faster it'll go away.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that is such good advice because there is such a thing as toxic positivity where, you know, if you try to ignore all the shadow stuff and you just try to say everything's rainbows and sunshines and it's going to be great and that's not realistic either. Even though we do have to learn how to start changing the mindset and shifting all of that. If you're in a space where you're kind of down here right now and this is where you feel, it's okay to be in that space. Like it's okay, like don't beat yourself up because this is where you are right now. I always say to myself, this isn't where I want to be yet. I'm not where I wanna be yet, but I'm getting there. I'm on the way there, I'm taking the steps. So. I always try to have that little bit of grace with myself because I know that I I make mistakes on the daily all the time and I openly admit that. And I'm not where I want to be exactly yet, but I know I can get there and I know that I'm trying. So I think people need to learn to have that grace with themselves.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's actually, we take quite a bit of time at the beginning of the wavelength program to walk people through that process of, of, we call it the growth mindset. I think grace is a great term for it. Um, But just like how to go from living with that inner critic, speaking the truth to a place where you're like, I am a being with needs and who makes mistakes and who's a product of our, my environment. And like, what am I going to, Given, given them all that's true, how do I want to move forward? Um, and it's a journey, you know, I'm sure you know, right? Like, we don't start there, but we can get there. <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about the app itself and how this app is going to help someone, because I know I have people out there listening, who are identifying with everything you're saying probably tears running down their face right now possibly going that's me this has been my struggle um mm-hmm. just, that's how i am when i listen to things and they resonate it hits me right in the heart with like the emotions and i know i have people out there listening that this has been a struggle for so walk us through what your app does for them
1: yeah so It's a daily audio episode. It's, it's less than 10 minutes every day. And within that audio episode, you're going to learn a lot about the psychology and science behind your eating choices. And then you're going to get the tools that you need to start to change that biology and that psychology. Um, and so it's a step-by-step program that walks you through, you know, what's happening in your body and mind and how to feel more in control with food and also what's, what to eat and when to eat. Uh, But we really start with the psychological stuff first. And you'll hear that as you start to listen to the episodes, the focus on the beginning is really on the brain and it's really on the mind. And this is because if you tell somebody to make huge changes to your, their diet without giving them the psychological changes that they need. It's like, I like to say that it's like pushing somebody out of an airplane and then handing them the parachute. Like no one can be successful. And under those circumstances, you can't make all of these huge changes at once when the psychological and neurological patterns that are driving your choices are exactly the same as they ever were. What's going to happen? You're going to go right back into your old patterns. And so this is really for you. If you're out there, you're listening. You're like, I've tried Weight Watchers. I've tried literally everything under the sun. I've been on every crash diet that ever came along. Nothing has worked for me. That's why. That's why, because it's like putting a Band-Aid over a wound. This is really starting from deep inside. It's about healing that wound from the inside out. Um, and so if nothing has worked for you in the past and you're at your wit's end and you don't know what to do, <laughs> that is who wavelength this for. Again, because this is really about what would have helped me on my journey, which, I, which is just a, it's such a universal path. It's such a universal story.
0: Yeah, and what I really, truly love is that you and your mom, I mean, you can tell it's a labor of love, but I always say when people come to me to work with me with coaching, one of the reasons that they come to me is because they know I've been through all the same crap they have. And you guys have been through this journey yourselves. You know exactly what people are feeling. You know exactly what it takes to make those changes. And that's what I think I love so much about this app because you can tell, like you know, even if someone just went and they got this app and they listened to the episodes and they never heard this podcast, you can tell, you know that you have been where they are and you know how to bring them out of that. And I think that's one of the most comforting things is for people to know you're not alone you're not alone. There are so many people who are dealing with this as well. And I was one of those people and I'm here to show you that this works and how it works and how you can do it too. And I think that that level of support is amazing. It's really amazing. Yeah. It makes all the difference. It, it gets so emotional when I think about this,
1: because I mean, it, I just like, You, when you are dieting for a lifetime, the message that you hear over and over and over again is like, try harder, be better. What's wrong with you? You should be able to do this. Everyone else can do it. And I, I think about wavelength as like reaching out in hand. That's like, Hey, I see you. I see what's happening to you. There's nothing wrong with you. It's going to be okay. Come with me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because like, I just, I just know the agony of being on the receiving end of try harder, um, and trying so hard and wondering why you're failing. Um, and I just, I don't want to, I don't think anybody should have to feel
0: that way. Yeah. I mean, that telling someone to try harder, such a degrading thing to you, you know, to your. I think it's like a killer of your soul of all of your time, you know, because it insinuates that you're not capable or that you're just lazy or, you know, something. A lot of what we do, whether it's in dieting or anything else, I mean, we we experience self sabotaging in all areas of our lives, in relationships, when we try to do dieting, all of those things it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that you're not capable, and that you're never going to get better. It has to do with healing an inner wounding that's going on and addressing that first, because you will, you will sabotage yourself every time if you don't address that first, because that creeps up and you get those triggers. And then one of the triggers do they cause you to go and back to that eating the pan of brownies or eating you know, a carton of ice cream before you go to bed. You know, it's it's the emotional triggers that we're not really dealing with a lot of times and other things, because I also like how you talk about the stress aspect and the um, lack of.